Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. We hear a lot these days about influencers, which in today's parlance tends to mean someone who has a lot of followers on social media, specifically TikTok and Instagram. Well, I'm old school. My only social media presence is on Facebook, and I really don't follow anyone. But hearing about influencers made me wonder about the difference between influencing and inspiring, which, of course, led me to think about role models and mentors. And which are we? Which have we been? Who have been ours? And which do we still need? I think that at the heart of the differences in these terms is the degree of activity and intentionality. For example, I never really had a role model. In other words, someone whose actions I wanted to emulate or indeed replicate. But I was very fortunate to have had a mentor, an older woman who helped me become the adult me. I found the following definition, which I think is interesting, (laughs) as opposed to inspiring or influencing. Quote, inspiration doesn't have intent. We take our inspiration and do what we will with it. Influence has a goal, an end game. You can be someone's inspiration without knowing you are. Influencing others requires a conscious awareness of the influence actions from the influencer. Inspiration is passive. Influence is active and intentional." For many, the desired goal is to have a direct impact on behavior, that is to be influential. And there are even courses available in it courses on how to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. As with any learned skill, there needs to be at least motivation to use it, and at best, the talent to use it well. Indeed, as a professional public relations practitioner, I developed the skills to do exactly that, to influence attitudes, often, if not always, with the intention of changing behavior. And in case you think social media influencers are just for the young, think again. Advertisers are catching on to the fact that baby boomers make up more than half the population and they're a growing segment. And so-called lifestyle grand influencers, this is not easy to say, grand influencers, grand as in grandparent, include 100-year-old-plus home and fashion design mogul Iris Apfel and 75-year-old fitness influencer Joan McDonald. So even though we can look at influence as being active and intentional, it's not always positive. For example, our own parents might have been a positive or negative influence in our lives. And of course, at our end of the lifespan, now we probably have been, though we may not know it, both positive and negative influencers. 
And even though we might consider inspiration to be more passive, as in the definition I read uh, a bit ago, it may in fact be the more desirable trait to have. What have we given our of ourselves? What have we shared? What have we done that has moved someone else to take their chosen path, not ours as an influencer, but theirs as an inspirer? It's difficult to think of how you can monetize being inspirational. You can't pay someone to teach it to you. You can't profit from it by having a large online following. So what are the characteristics of inspirers, if indeed that is a noun, those who inspire? In a July 2016 article for Forbes, the writer identifies six powerful traits of people who inspire others to become their best. I have to confess that when I hear that phrase, be your best, I think of Melania Trump's poorly named Be Best campaign. I never understood what she meant. I always shuddered at its non-idiomatic English title, but I diverge. So these are the six traits of people who inspire, and I'm quoting from that July 2016 Forbes article. Trait number one, they have immense courage. People who inspire us to be better are not weak, scared, or stuck. They're bold and have the fortitude and courage to push through their fears and take a stand on what they believe. These inspirers have faced great odds and challenges. They're warriors and courageous fighters for what they believe in and how they see themselves in the world. They figured out that if you want to make a difference, you have to address your own demons first. The second trait, they have deep empathy for others. Those who inspire us to be better are fully capable of experiencing empathy, and they openly express their ability to understand our personal stories and who we really are and what we feel deep down. They don't coddle or overprotect us, but they validate and appreciate who we are inside, which makes us feel safe to be more authentic and to expand on our own identity without worrying that we'll be crushed or humiliated in the process. Trait number three from the article. They express love and appreciation openly and foster equality. The people who inspire us the most are not full of hate, bigotry, or racism, and they don't harbor or encourage thoughts of who is better than someone else or who deserves more. They model equality. They use loving, accepting language. They're inclusive, not divisive. And they share their thoughts and beliefs around love, acceptance, and equality in their narratives. Trait number four, they're emotionally healy, uh, healthy and healed. If you're hurt, wounded, distraught, overly reactive, or emotionally dysfunctional in any way, you're just not in a position to make the positive impact you want to or to inspire people at the highest level. People who inspire and uplift others have done the work to heal their wounds. They're not necessarily pain-free. Life regularly doles out painful experiences, but they're not inflicting or projecting their pain onto others. Trait number five, they believe in collective power. 
Those who inspire others believe in collective power, in uplifting others and not just a select few, so that positive change can happen more quickly. They're not focused intensively and solely on amassing their own wealth, power, and influence. They want to see others rise, grow, and expand. And trait number six in this article, they've used all of themselves to make a difference. Here the author of the article says, look at the most popular TED Talks that have gone viral and touched millions of people. And you'll see people who struggled in their past, but decided to use what they personally experienced to learn more, dig deeper, and finally to help facilitate positive change for others. These inspirers have grown comfortable being totally authentic and open about who they really are deep down, warts and all. They no longer worry that they'll be rejected, scorned, and put down. They've grown beyond feeling they have to hide or suppress parts of themselves to be accepted. They realize that it's the universal plight to want to hide those parts of us that make us feel ashamed and vulnerable. And it's that very readiness to use all of themselves openly and courageously that inspires and encourages us to do the same. End quote from that Forbes article. Wow, that is a tall order for being inspirational, isn't it? Frankly, I don't think in order to be inspirational, we have to be all those things. I, I think we can be inspirational in part, as in, in how we confront and solve problems, how we deal with difficult people, how we overcome fear, how we improve our lot in life, or even on a small scale, such as how we make friends or how we manage money or time. So here we are, you and I, baby boomers, plus or minus, who have probably been both inspired and inspiring. Nextavenue.org is a website that specializes in aging. I use it often as a reference, and each year they select 10 influencers in aging. Some of the women they highlight for 2022, which was the 10th anniversary of the organization, men are included in the list as well, but I just uh, chose some of the women and they include for actor, actor, uh, for example, actor and model Andy McDowell. She's 64 years old and a grandmother, and she was working on a multi-generational show when she was interviewed by Next Avenue. She's quoted as saying, I think particularly the older you get, there's a connection and a curiosity about each other because you're at different ends of the spectrum. If you're talking about people in their 20s, I think they want to connect and understand you and see who you are. I think the more authentic I am with my age, the more interested they are. So here's the key and why Andy McDowell was selected. It was because of her authentic choice to go gray. She's always had recognizable long hair. And when she decided to go gray, one of her concerns was that she's been a spokesmodel for L'Oreal for more than 35 years. And she wondered how the gray hair would go over with them. I sent them a video about it and my feelings about it during COVID, she's quoted as saying. I did have really strong feelings about this. This is who I want to be. This is how I see myself. This is something I've always wanted to experience, being authentic at this time period in my life. 
L'Oreal was on board and she has continued to represent them, gray hair and all. My reaction to this is that I think the decision to go gray as in natural is a courageous one and one I am not yet, if ever, ready to do. I think older women do look older with gray hair. And while I'm not trying to look younger, I have enough issues with aging that I can do nothing about, thank you very much. So I'm going to deal with those issues about which I can do something. The next uh, woman, uh, or, or the next woman I, I've chosen to represent from this next age, uh, influ uh, influencers on aging, is Ramsey Alwyn. She's Chief Executive Officer of the National Council on Aging, goes by NCOA, of course, as an acronym, and chairs the Leadership Council of Aging Organizations, which is a coalition of 68 nonprofits concerned with the um, American older population. She explained NCOA's mission to Next Avenue as, quote, to raise awareness that the golden years aren't so golden for far too many. There are policies and programs that can fix that, she's quoted as saying. Policies and programs that, frankly, in many instances, were never built for anyone to age well. We're long overdue to ensure that women, communities of color, LGBTQ, low-income, and rural populations also have the opportunity to age with dignity, unquote. Alwyn is also quoted as saying that the NCOA, working with researchers at the Leading Age Long-Term Services and Support Center at the University of Massachusetts, Boston, estimates that 47 million older adults are just one financial crisis away from plummeting into poverty, and 80% of older adults manage at least one chronic health condition, whether it be arthritis, dementia, or cardiac issues, or whatever your or my issue may be, we undoubtedly have at least one. My reaction to this is Alwyn is absolutely doing good work. She's just not inspiring me. Becca Levy, PhD, a professor of epidemiology at Yale School of Public Health and professor of psychology at Yale University, is also a 2022 Next Avenue influencer in aging. She's also a scientific advisor to the World Health Organization Campaign to Combat Ageism and author of the book, Breaking the Age Code, How Your Beliefs About Aging Determine How Long and Well You Live. That's quite a title. The book focuses on how negative messaging about aging can affect us both physically and emotionally and what we can do about it. And of course, that book and the author's name will be listed in uh, the resources uh, posting I'll be doing for the uh, On the Woman Worthy Facebook page. And another influencer, courtesy of Next Avenue, Sandra Edmonds Crew, Dean of the School of Social Work at Howard University in Washington, D.C. She most recently has been concentrating on social isolation which affects the mental and physical health of millions of older adults and the caregiving burdens still borne by grandparents in African-American communities. Again, significant contributors to the study of aging and potential influence on public policy, but 
not directly influential on me. So what about media other than social media, specifically geared to aging, such as movies, TV, Golden Girls, Grace and Frankie, or songs or poetry or books, both fiction and nonfiction? I know a number of women, for example, who highly praised Mae Sarton's book, At 70, a journal. By the way, she died at the age of 83 in 1995. The San Francisco-based Institute on Aging suggests nine novels that shine a particular light on aging. A Portrait of an Artist as an Old Man by Joseph Heller, a humorous take on art and getting older. Tira Lira, uh, Tira Lira by the River by Jessica Anderson, in which a 70-year-old woman returns to her Australian hometown and shares story from her imperfect memory Stories full of mystery and secrets and private thoughts. In Those Foolish Things by Deborah Mogach, or Mogach, M-O-G-G-A-C-H, uh, that, by the way, is the book on which the movie The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel was based. It's about finding community, but also about what we truly need in life and what we don't. In the Swedish book, A Man Called Ove, or is it Ove, I don't know, by Frederick Backman, the richness of an older person's life is explored in all its beauty, absurdity, and pain. Fun and silliness permeate the little old lady who broke all the rules by Katharina Engelmann Sunderberg. This novel about old women who decide to rob banks apparently does have a message, never overlook anyone, never write anyone off. Look Homeward Angel by Thomas Wolfe is about the quintessential angry young man, but it's also about how time and how we change as we age. A Spool of Blue Thread by the prolific author Anne Tyler deals with aging and facing death in a way that few books ever have. It's an important and beautiful novel about the one thing we all have in common, and The Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway, which I, and possibly you too, read when I was quite young. It's about resolve and power in aging, about facing up to the world, and about knowing that you don't always win, but you still wake up and face the sea. Okay, I read a lot, but I have to ask myself, do the books I read influence me? Do I want to emulate an author or a character in a book? Am I inspired by any books as it moved to explore new ways of being me? Possibly. Probably. As I've been preparing this podcast, I've been really struggling with trying to come up with a person or some kind of catalyst that truly inspired me. And then I remembered. I remembered my mentor telling me, you don't not do something because it's hard. I remember the event, the 9-11 attack that prompted me to say, I won't hate, I'll learn. I remember the public health nurse, uh, public health nurse who uh, told me out in the rural back country of Ethiopia that I was a, quote, born communicator. And that set me out on a whole new later midlife academic and professional journey. I remember what inspired me to continue with life. 
even as I mourned the death of my husband. I think of what inspires me to push forward, to try new things in this final quarter of my life. And I realize that for me, I have been influenced by few, but inspired by many. What inspires you? If you'd like to share, please do so on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.